Yo, 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 welcome back to Tampa Bay Sportscast and a Merry Christmas from all us Tampa Bay Sportscasters. Welcome back, Mike. Uh, let's go dive right into this Bucks game review, man. Uh, we almost, we could have gotten something here, but uh, we just weren't ready to play today. Uh, what was your uh, overview take on the game? Yesterday was just another prime example of Tampa Bay just not being ready to play their absolute best come come game time. And I think yesterday, Dirk Cutter uh, sealed his fate. I think that is a uh, – I heard a couple reports on Joe Buck's fan that the Glaziers were walking out of the locker room with not such pleasant faces. So I think they know what needs to be done. And – it's taken them long enough. Yeah, I think, yep, this is the year we're going to get the coaching change, like I said in episode one. Thank God. Yeah, his, 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 his fate's sealed, and we're going to be moving on. Don't know exactly which, which direction that the Glaciers are going to go in. But, uh, yeah, yesterday was just another prime example of them not being ready to play. And it's quite frustrating how – the defense actually came out and somewhat played pretty well. I think they held the Cowboys around 250 yards of total offense. Uh, Zeke, I mean, he was able to get his yardage like he normally is around 85, which is good because we kept him under 100. We kept him out of the end zone. Um, we also on were able to keep tabs on Amari Cooper. Right, yeah, exactly. But Amari <laughs> Cooper, we were able to hold the 40 yards receipt or 20 yards receiving, I'm sorry, 20 yards receiving. Jeez. I mean, like Back I to said, his old Raider self. Victory. Yeah, like I said, the keys to victory, man. It was shutting down Zeke, shutting down Amari Cooper. Um, Dak Prescott still made a few plays. I mean, he made that touchdown on the op- or their opening drive. But yeah, just- this is another. Uh, I think another case of. Um- you know, blame it on the wrong person type game. You know, it looks like it might have uh, been someone's fault, but really it's, it's another person's fault. And, uh, again, you know, our offensive line, man, uh, being a season ticket holder the last couple of years, um, it's hard to it's hard to play football when your quarterback's running for his life. And even on that fumble touchdown, which is still uh, Jameis has to be better with the football, no doubt. He's still got growing to do. But if you watch him at the end of that play, I know me and you were talking about it. That man was keeping up with Jalen Smith, one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL, trying to catch him to stop him from the touchdown, which he didn't. But as a quarter, to see your quarterback do that, uh, I know we we're more Jameis guys than uh, some of some Bucks fans that we uh, we even sometimes get into it with on. But if you watch that play, that hustle is that's that's what you want. And out of your quarterback, I mean, come on, man, that, he's so young, always keeping his eyes downfield. Um, but he does need to play better. That's that's one hundred percent. Uh, there's no doubt about that, but I think he can, and I thank God that the Glaciers are looking like they're going in the right direction, or in a different direction, which would be the right direction, because Dirk Cutter is the worst play caller I've seen at the professional level when he made play calls last year. Yeah, um, like we were talking about Jameis, everyone wants to blame blame Jameis for everything, but in reality... This whole team is to blame. The coaching staff, the general manager, including the owners, he hasn't all the played way good down. Either. 
Absolutely. I'm not saying he's been playing up to par either. But 100%. It's really, it's really hard to be a quarterback in this league when you don't have help from your run game, your offensive line, your defense. Granted, the defense did hold them to 250 yards total offense. Um, but your defense uh, key players as like Brent Grimes, he's making $8 million a year to absolutely stand there and do nothing. He's do- he doesn't want to tackle. He's standing 10 to 12 yards off the receiver. Always gives them the inside edge. So it was like third down and nine or ten, and he just had to run a skinny post, and he already had Brent Grimes beat. There's just no effort, and I'd, I'm still mind-boggled on why we're forcing Brent Grimes out there when we have other younger cornerbacks that I would like to see out there on the field to see what we have in talent-wise. But they just – i that's – things about this coaching staff that's just like – is really aggravating to watch over and over. Like 100%. he clearly – he clearly does not want to play. You brought him back for $8 million a year, and he basically raped your bank. That's all he did. And, I mean, yeah, he benefits out of it. Cool for him. Um, he's going to retire. I'm, I'm almost 100% sure he is done. Um, but if, it, if he does come back, I really hope it's not with the buck. I've seen enough of Brent Grimes. He was great the first two years we had him when he was healthy. And that's all I'm going to say about Brent Grimes. Like I said, the defense played well. They did. They did their job. I saw a couple key, key, uh, some key moments, especially from Vita Vea. He should have had two sacks if he didn't cause a penalty and grab the face mask of Dax Pre- Dak Prescott. But that was just unfortunate. He barely grabbed it. It was a weak call from the the refs. But it is what it is. He had two. He would have had two sacks. He he only ended up with one. And for the most part, the defense did their job. But when it came down to crunch time, to where they needed it, really needed stop they didn't they weren't able to get it done so i mean it's at this point it really doesn't matter uh we jumped we jumped pretty well in the draft order uh the jaguars won the falcons won lions lost i think we're picking at like number six or seven right now i could be wrong but i think it's in that general area um but yeah overall this this game the bucks basically just didn't really want it and you can see it in their play and it was unfortunate that, that Jameis Winston got credited with that fumble, that handoff to Bobo Wilson on that reverse. And people were arguing over Twitter about it. Why was he charged with it? Greg Allman with The Athletic was trying to, uh, trying to explain to people that if the quarterback doesn't actually give the ball away, if he still has somewhat possession, he's going to be credited with the fumble, even if we think yeah, that it was Bobo Wilson. Because yeah, Bobo never I mean, got the ball. Yeah, it's just an un- it's just a really bad situation. It sucks that it, was, it falls on Jameis, but it is what it is. That's that's the kind of turnover that I'll sort of overlook on Jameis's fault. So, so technically, he just had that one bad, bad fumble where he was hit from behind from Randy Gregory. But that plays like that's going to happen. He he did a really good job at stepping up in the pocket. The pocket closed on him really quick. But it's just like every play, he's he, he, there's so much pressure in his face. So people are like people want to argue his his accuracy and stuff, but. He never really has a clean pocket. Every once in a while, he will, and he will make the good throws when he does. But it's just an overall really bad performance, and it sucks that we're going to end the season this way because we're probably going to lose to the Atlanta Falcons at home. But it is it is what it is. We'll bring in a new coaching staff, and we'll just see where it goes from there. Yeah, we probably should take the loss to the Falcons. Get a you know just you know a couple more slots up of a pick. Even though you know you never like to lose, uh, and I don't like that mentality, the tanking mentality. But this season's over. Um, uh, 
we need to really address who we're bringing back. I know in a couple episodes before we brought we we were talking about who's getting brought who should be brought back, but um, I think in this game it was just uh you know obviously we did pretty good on defense. We've actually had some out of ha, 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 yeah sorry out of all the bad um, situations this year with the Bucks, the defense has shown slut as bad as they've been, especially points per game. They've had areas like the first half against the saints i mean to put to hold the saints offense at three points is is good so you know take that to the bank i think you've had individual players shine like i I actually do like our defensive line going forward there's probably one more person we need to add but i like via i like jpp there we talked about getting rid of mccoy um i wouldn't i'm more of a i wouldn't mind mccoy i think he he could be good next to via but I don't want to overpay and then, you know, have lackluster in the back end because we really need help in the back end. Uh, teams just love throwing all over us. Um, so in that aspect, uh, we got a long off season and it's 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 a tough transition for the Bucks. Um, you know, most likely they're getting a new coach. Uh, you know, a lot of the fan base thinks we should move on from Jameis. I'm not as keen on that. I definitely think for a young quarterback who keeps his eyes down the field and is already prolific statistically other than his intercept. Well, he is prolific with interceptions but uh, and turnovers. But I think, I mean, Brett Favre, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't mind having Brett Favre, and he, led the, he leads the NFL in career turnovers. So turnovers aren't technically uh, a precedent of future bad play. Um, so, but I mean, obviously they're not a good trend. He needs to trim on that. He really needs this off season where he can be with his team. You know, no suspensions and stuff like that. I know we've gone into that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, who do you think was your player of the game yesterday for the Bucks? Maybe like a, a guy you could take away and be like, you know, even though we lost, he had a really good game. You know, Jordan Whitehead still continues to impress me, the safety that we got out of Pitt. Live, man, he definitely is killing it. I agree with you there. Go on. Yeah, I I really just hope that the next defensive coordinator comes in and start utilizing him as a a strong safety that they could put inside the box. And he's a he's a bigger safety. He loves to hit. So and you know, as the past few games, he's his tackling's been like extremely on point. You know, he just he he gets a lot of tackles every game. He's a guy that you can put in the uh, put in the box, try to play a little aggressive with, maybe send him in on blitzes and stuff like a Derwin James type. I mean, he's not gonna, he's probably not as talented as Derwin James. Obviously, there's there's a reason why he went in the fourth round. But yeah, I really wish in the in the last game they could bring just a little bit more pressure and see what they can do with different design blitzes and and see what they can get away with going forward in the future, or at least for the next coaching staff coming in. Let let them evaluate what you guys have even though they're not really benefiting from it. So they really can care less. But that's, yeah, that's definitely my, the guy I would take away, even though Mike Evans had a great game, but we're always talking about Mike Evans getting about a hundred yards and a touchdown or just a hundred yards. If he doesn't score a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, Mike Evans is one of those guys. Like we could probably, you know, who's the player of the game this week for the Bucks? We're like, Oh, Mikey, Mikey boys balling still. So, um, I think, too, we're going to get O.J. back next year. I think that's going to be big, having O.J. back. Uh, you know, having him and Brait maybe get some two tight ends, sets on the field, get a lineman, get a new – we need a, We need a running back, man. I'm tired of these, like, committee running backs. Like, I'm down to keep a committee, 
but let's have an actual stud. Like, let's get a stud. Let's get someone we could, like, that the defense can fear, that we can get a good play action from. Um, that 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 for me uh, has been a, a big thing for us. We we really haven't been able to put any fear in anyone running the football, and that's an issue. You know that also compounds how make, let's let's make Jameis's job easier. Like let's get him in the situations that like get him in some play action rollouts. Like he never rolls out. I think that was something we talked about. Like why he's athletic enough to roll out. I mean he's not Michael Vick, but the man can roll out. So. Uh, I really just want a new offensive mind, someone who could, you know, do something different. Like, because clearly Jameis has the potential to put crazy numbers up, but we're just we need to get him in, I guess, more easier situations more often. And uh, I think a lot of the teams that use like, Mitchell Trubisky is not better than Jameis Winston. I'm sorry, he's not. But the Bears do not put Mitch in bad situations. Now Mitch has had a great year. He's definitely played up to or better than. Uh, Jameis, obviously, because he's, I mean, his team's won his division, but there's no reason if Trubisky and some of these other guys can have output that Jameis can't either. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with the run game, but as much as I want to see us get a big running back, I really want them to focus on the offensive line. We need a first, right guard. First, to replace. 100%. Yeah, we need to replace Caleb Beninock. He's He's not as good as a guard maybe as he was a tackle. Donovan Smith, his play has been so inconsistent. I'm not going to say this whole season's been bad out of him because he has shown a lot of good sparks. He's that's, that's just the case. It's just inconsistent inconsistency with the offensive line. Like they just they just seem not to be able to put it all together at during one, each play. There's always a breakdown on some part on the offensive line, and it's just ru- ruining the rhythm of the offense. One breakdown. The is offensive nicely line. Clear. Offensive line and defense line, you got to always build from the trenches. That's how you build a football team. You don't build the back end. You don't build by a quarterback with no offensive line or running back because they're not going to get anywhere. It's all in the trenches first, and you build out from there. So I really hope that in the offseason that we can address this offensive tackle. I don't know if what they're going to do with his contract. They'll probably let him go to free agency and let him get overpaid for like $12 million a year, $13 million. I don't know. We're not going to franchise tag him because that's going to be too much money, and he's not worth the money that it would be for the franchise tag. So I think we're going to let Donovan Smith walk. There's there, there's other options out there for the offensive line too. You you got right guard. You can you could probably pick something someone out of free agency if they decide to draft a tackle. I'm not opposed to them drafting uh, Jonah Williams from Alabama. He's been an offensive uh, offensive tackle as much as we need a, a cornerback. If we if we don't go Jonah Williams and if we can get a guy like Greedy Williams on the other side of Carlton Davis, that wouldn't be too bad either. Or we can get risky and try to take like Ed Oliver, but I don't think we're gonna have a chance to grab him. That guy's a game wrecker. Yeah, man, um, I'm excited. I know me and you, uh, we got some things uh, hopefully planned for uh, for those events, and really excited to see the. The future the Bucks are trying to take hold, and you know I'm really hoping we can land a really good coach, which has been tough for the Bucks, really since Dungy. I mean, we really haven't had a crazy quality coach. Like obviously, Gruden won the Super Bowl, but I mean, if you were to take the totality of his career, he's really just an eight and eight guy. Yeah, and it's it sort of sucks that we're talking about coaches right now because I mean John Harbaugh just got signed to an extension from yeah, the Ravens. I saw that. Every- Everyone thought he was going to be on the hot seat and that he was on his way out. But I think Lamar Jackson, 
Yeah, Lamar Jackson just you know rejuvenated rejuvenated John Harbaugh, and they're just playing a he's rejuvenating a hardcore, me. hardcore freaking defense. So see what they did to the know, Chargers, man. That's crazy. Exactly, man. They shut Melvin Gordon down. They shut Philip Rivers down. And Which, if you if you think, I, I'm pretty sure the Bucks played almost as good, if not a little better, than the Chargers on offense against that defense. So that's, I mean, think about it. The Chargers have been a prolific offense this year. The Bucks have the same output. Not saying they were good outputs, but I mean, that's that's a bright spot. We're not far away. Like we're we're a couple pieces of the right coach, not from like a Super Bowl, but from having a winning season, like a wild card berth. I really do. Yeah, and you never know with these coaches, man. They just some coaches bring a lot of energy to the team. Oh and yeah, the, and the players oh, yeah. the players feed off that. Just look at the guy Sean McVay over at in Los Angeles. See, he's been every time their team does well, not he's really more hard fired to replace up Jeff Fisher. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Fisher was just <laughs> atrocious, but I mean McVeigh, he's he always has more energy than the other players, and that's awesome to see. That's why yeah. I, I wouldn't be opposed to grabbing a younger coach, maybe like their uh, their quarterbacks. Younger player, yeah. the league's young now. I mean, you can go like McVeigh, even though he's young. Like in the older league, he would have been younger than a lot of the players in the teams. But nowadays, with players, I mean, most players aren't exceeding 28, 29, 30 anymore in rosters. So you can have these 30 to 35 year olds, maybe, you know, a little more intuitive, you know, like a, a new style to the game. But they bring that, that energy and that fire. I mean, I remember getting a new coach uh, my senior year, and he, I remember how motivating he could be at times. And, I mean, he would light a fire under you. So uh, I definitely, I definitely don't. I'm not against that idea at all. Maybe uh, seeing like an up and rising college coach or something, or a coordinator, like a good, yeah, the, nice coordinator. Like that would be, that would be good. I think. Yeah, like the uh, Rams quarterback coach Zach Taylor. He could be. I mean, he's only 34 years old too, and he's been working under McVeigh. And you know, just like just like we were talking about, maybe some youth in the coaching coaching world. You know. Gives, give your team a lot of energy, and he's obviously been working under McVay. Maybe he's been taking notes from him. And he's be. also helped, yeah, he's also helped de- uh, develop the quarterback, so that's good to know. Or we can always look for like an offensive coordinator for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Anyone working under Andy Reid is an uh, awesome candidate, especially someone that's running their offense, uh, like an Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. So he could be like another Matt Nagy-type success. Who knows? I wouldn't mind that one, brother. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we uh, I thought we could maybe, you know, ruin the Cowgirls season this, this week. Obviously, it didn't go as planned and maybe just a little too optimistic for me. Um, the, but, yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it broke my heart watching that, uh, that Jameis fumble play. Felt like he was the only one on the offense that cared to even chase him down. But if you watch all year, it feels like he's the only one that cares. And it's kind of yeah, sad, I mean, you, know, a- they're, you know, the they're linemen don't care to block for him. It's like Deshaun and Mike don't care to catch the ball. I mean, it's it's just a, it's just been a train wreck of a season, especially the last two years. I remember getting season tickets for last year. I don't know if you remember how hyped up this area was. We thought we had a playoff team after ending that uh, the 2016 season off really strong. Um, it's just it's really sad to see – where we're at now i mean it's crazy yeah I, I give i give the glaciers a lot of credit man they know how to sell the product because we get hyped up every single year and we get the same ending every single it's, it's pretty funny actually yeah i mean i'm sometimes you're able to i mean you know a lot of a lot of us have girlfriends and we can hype them up thinking that we're good and you know and we're not 
Yeah, I think we all know that uh, Hard Knocks basically ruined last year's season as much as hard we like to make it. Hard Knocks is the worst decision a football team can make. Like, you have all these camera. Like, why do you think all those? I think if you actually look back, there's only been one playoff team that have actually been on Hard Knocks and succeeded through the season. Just not, I mean, you could say the Browns actually this year are the best Hard Knocks team ever. And they didn't start good because of Hard Knocks. <laughs> that was not a benefit to helping them. And it's not. I mean, you have these players like having cameras even more in like the practice part. And you, there are cameras at some practices, but I think, you know, for some of these young players to grow, having these cameras on them in their practice modes when they're making mistakes and then you have social media and all that stuff just hyping it down. It's just, I don't think it's good for younger teams. I don't think it's good fo for football. You know, um, if you look at, you know, the New England Patriots, obviously the gold standard, the NFL, they close practices. They don't let the media in. When they talk to the media, it's just, we're on to the Buffalo Bills. We're on to the next team. Don't talk to us about nothing but the play calling. And, uh, the, the hard knocks, you, you didn't even see with the Browns and even the Bucks that the coaches know that they have the cameras on them. And they also know, like, this could be my, my 15 minutes of fame. And that's how you saw Hugh Jackson and you saw, um, the old Steelers coordinator, uh, just getting into it all the time. And a lot of people were actually crediting them just knowing that they were going to be arguing in front of the camera. The Bucks weren't as bad. I thought the Bucks were more laid back than the Browns was, but I, I just don't like it. I don't like the, the cameras all, all up in there. Uh, I, I like watching it. I like watching Hard Knocks. I don't think it's a, a benefit, a benefactor to a team. And if it was, why are all these teams that have Hard Knocks play horrible? I don't know. It's just, it's been an ongoing trend with Hard Knocks. Every time Hard Knocks comes into their facility, they act like they're famous. And then when the season starts and Hard Knocks isn't there anymore, they just shit the bed. It's just the same story every year with every single team. So, but it's not going to go away anytime soon. It's, it brings viewership and it brings money. So they're not going to stop doing it just because one team that's on Hard Knocks is, is losing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, that's about it from this Bucks cowboys game, man. I don't know really what much more to take from it. I mean, even as close as the score was, it was a much more depressing loss than a seven-point loss. You'd think that was kind of competitive. but Yeah, I mean, they covered uh, the spread. It was a seven-half You gamblers, they covered. they covered the spread. So there you go. I mean, can't hate the Bucks too much. So, um, that's big. The, yeah, at least we still have the Lightning to cheer about. They had a big win the other night. But over we can at least say a plus from this game, too. There, Cairo Santos, yeah, man, uh, he, he's been, uh, he's been killing. I mean, he's been making all his field goals, and uh, that was a major issue. Probably lost some games because of field goal kickers early on. I mean, he still missed a 53 yarder. So, which. Oh, outside of 50, nothing's gimme. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's he's a free agent kicker. I mean, you didn't, you you want him to make all of his field goals, but yeah, I mean, if you look statistically, as soon as kickers get above fifty, it, it, their uh, percentage and accuracy rate really go down. Yeah, I still think that we should definitely bring him back next season. Sign him to a one, maybe he's earned it. Deal. He's earned it. Bring him sure. some competition in the in the preseason, like they always do. Doesn't matter how good a kicker is, you always want to carry two two kickers going into preseason. But one hundred percent. Yeah, but I, I think we should move on to this uh, Lightning performance in Edmonton. Um, they had a big win the other night, 6-3 on Saturday. Another big win. Uh, I mean, I think they're just yeah. chalking up wins. Uh, just Yeah, just go on and about that game. Who is your star of the game, you think? Who is the key role player in that game? Uh, I mean, Vazzy always does his parts. He still gave up three goals. But, I mean, Steven Stamkos, he, 
we were talking about Braden Point being one of the top scorers in the NHL. But as of late, Stamkos has been getting his goals in net. He's up to 20 goals so far. So he's just one behind Braden Point. And I don't see him slowing down right now unless he deals with like some kind of injury bug. But he's playing right now with a lot of confidence, especially as their captain. If he's playing lights out, that's just going to motivate every single player on that ice to to play even harder to keep up to Stamkos and Braden Point's level, which is which is good. You you want to you want to have that confidence in your captain, but if you see them play well, everyone else is going to play well, and it just benefits the whole team. And uh, defensive defensively, we were able to hold Connor McDavid uh, Connor McDavid to only three points. I think he had three assists. We we kept him from scoring scoring, but. That young man is going to be one of the stars in the NHL. I mean, he's a star now, but just moving forward at such a young age, that guy's going to be something special. Maybe like another Ovechkin. I don't know. But he has the talent, and he's he hasn't slowed down since. But at least we were able to keep him out of the net, which is awesome. He's still got his three assists. I mean, that's, that's going to happen. But, yeah, they I think they're off until Thursday night. They play Philadelphia. So, Hopefully they can keep this win streak or not win streak, but point streak even going right now. They haven't they haven't had a long an actual loss in probably over twelve or thirteen games. I don't remember the last time it was, but it's it's about that far that they actually lost in regulation. At least as a Lightning's fan, it's a great day to be in Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. It's just they're so fun to watch. They bring so much excitement every single game. And, yeah, I'm a football homer, drops, and I'm about to turn off the football and start staying, staying with the lightning. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, just tune in on Thursday. Uh, we wish you all a Merry Christmas. Hell yeah, guys. Hopefully the lightning keep it rolling. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever your religious traditions are. We, we wish you the merriest of holidays. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're going to be back on here real, real soon, guys. we got some uh, more stuff to cover, but uh, we appreciate all the support. Make sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud. We'll be releasing on Spotify later today, which is huge. Uh, really, really excited about that. Just tap into a new market. I know some of you guys have Spotify, and it would be easier for you, for you. And, obviously, follow us on there. We're going to be releasing on iTunes any second. And, um, and also uh, SoundCloud. Don't forget about SoundCloud. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow, like our stuff. And any feedback you have, guys, we really appreciate the interaction. We've had a lot of good feedback. And we're getting a lot of uh, good connections coming through. And it's only the beginning, guys. Uh, Tampa Bay Sportscast, we're working hard. Really, me and Mike, we spend a lot of our days really trying to get in the nitty-gritty of uh, Tampa Bay Sports, whether it's uh, good with the lightning or bad with the books. But, uh, yeah, yep. Mike, Merry Christmas, man. Uh, I'll see you next time, brother. I'll see you around, man. Santa's got a little friend. His name is Dominic. The cutest little donkey. You'll never see him kick. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be. Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic.